There's times I wish those songs were a lot longer. Let's my knees knock together a little bit more before I get up here. It's a terrifying thing. Speak on behalf of God, knowing what I am. We just sang two songs in a row by Brother John Newton. He was a slave trader. That wasn't somebody that had a bad tweet one time. You think they tried to cancel him? <laughs> that man knew God. They said, you're wicked and evil. He said, that's right, and you don't know the half of it. Hmm. The funeral of Jacob. The funeral of Jacob, Genesis 50. We're beginning... <clears throat> Begin this last chapter in Genesis. Jacob pulled his feet up in the bed and, and he died. There in verse or chapter 49, verse 33, it says, And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, it doesn't say recommending to his sons, not strongly encouraging his sons, he commanded his sons. Commanded his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. Well, we're getting ready to see his funeral and they got a long way of going before he gets buried where he was. How was he gathered to his people? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We'll either be there and with our people in comfort and joy and everlasting bliss in his image, worshiping him, hearing him, him sitting down teaching us and serving us at that, at that wedding feast. We'll be absent from this body and present with him in eternal judgment. I'm going to enact every power I have and my responsibility in the office that God put me in to, to make sure everybody hears the best they can. They, they may not listen, and they may not hear in the heart, but I can at least get it in your ears. I'm going to swing for the fences and give it all I got. I owe that to you. Least I can do. Least I can do. Stay with me this morning. You may be dead today. You know why our numbers are so low here? Maybe the Lord killed five or six people this morning and took them to glory or took them to eternity one or the other. I don't know. I wonder those things. I prepare messages for people, and I get up here, and it ain't there. <laughs> Have them on my heart when I'm writing it. And I thought, oh, that's, that would be good for so-and-so. And I don't see them. It's a discouraging thing for me, but my job don't change. My emotions, motivation is, is from emotion. Did you know that? Discipline is an action. <laughs> Two different things. I pray God make me disciplined. But Jake, <clears throat> Jacob died, and that soul went to his people right then, but he still had a body. There was still a body on this earth. The Lord's going to raise that body up someday. It'll be incorruptible and they won't have any blemishes in it. And Y'all know that I'm me and I'll know that you're you. The apostles did that, didn't they? They got on that Mount of Transfiguration. They hadn't even met Moses and Elijah and they said, as Moses. We're going to know that. I'll know if she's my wife. We won't be husband and wife then. But we'll know each other, won't we? He was gathered with his people right then. But that body had to go on the ground. Verse, verse 1, chapter 50. And Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. And the physicians embalmed Israel. And 40 days were fulfilled for him. For so are 
fulfilled the days of those that are embalmed. And the Egyptian mourned for him three score and ten days. Seventy days they mourned for him. There was a lot of mourning going on, wasn't it? You lost one of those that you just loved dearly. If we haven't, we will. We haven't lost father or mother or I've never lost a spouse. I can't imagine what that pain would be like. I've never lost a child. But if I live long enough, somebody's going to die. I've lost mother and father. I know what that feels like. There's weeping involved, isn't there? It's sad. Whenever I die, there's going to be somebody crying. I imagine at least one that's sad. Most of them might be crying in joy. <laughs> but there's weeping involved, isn't it? What kind of example do you think Jacob set in Egypt for 18 years for the Egyptians to honor him with 70 days of mourning? You reckon he was a pain in the hind end? Do you reckon they was like, oh, my, we're going to celebrate for seven days because he's dead? I don't think so. He was an example in Egypt for that period of time so that his sons wept for him and the Egyptians wept for him. A lot of weeping going on. And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to weep. There's a lot of reasons to weep, aren't there? Our Lord told us in Luke 23, he said, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me. But you eat for yourselves and for your children, for those that you care for the most. Why do we weep when the Lord was speaking that? We weep over our sin. Do you struggle with that? How in the world could you be a child of God? You ever look in the mirror and say that? There's no, do you mourn and weep over your sin? Someone that's not absolutely torn to pieces over their sin, God hasn't revealed who they are to them yet. He hasn't re revealed what we are yet. If that don't just tear you limb from limb and you hit your face prostrate in the dirt and you can't even get out of bed and you're like, there's no way, I only deserve death, hell, and damnation. If that ain't how we are, God ain't dealt with us yet. We're still playing church. Sinning <laughs> in doing so. We weep over our sin when God shows us what we are. It's just in part. We think we're just so bad. You don't know the half of it. And I ain't saying for somebody else don't know because I know of all my sin. No, I don't. If God revealed to you what sinner you were, you just go hang yourself. You couldn't handle it. But he knows just in right measure. That, that great physician knows exactly how to apply the chemotherapy. <laughs> That's a poison, you know. He knows just how to show us in the right proportions. We weep over that. Weep. We weep over love. When we see that sin, we don't stay there. If that's all you got, you just got a bad week ahead of you. We see the one that died and gave himself for our sin. And we weep for love. We don't, my heart, right? they were weeping for him and he told them not to. I weep for him. Don't that just break your heart? And he says, don't weep for me. I did this on purpose. I'm the king. I'm on my throne right now while this is happening. And then what love. What a man that was. I ought to shave my beard so nobody confuses me for a man when I see what kind of man God was. Oh, it's something. He did that for me. For me. That makes me weep. I weep tears of joy, tears of love, don't we? And when we're not experiencing those two things, and if God saved us, they go hand in hand. And so does the trials. Everybody's got trials. Though. A lot of everybody's sad for doing bad. Uh, heathen does that. You can find somebody never even heard of the scriptures and 
they feel bad over that stuff. But when God convicts of sin and he convicts us of his love towards us and we admire him and see him high and lifted up, we still have trials to go through. We still have our own grief to go through. Job went through a lot of grief. He was a righteous man. God killed his seven sons and his three daughters and took everything he had from him. And he rose and he rent his mantle. He just tore his clothes off. And he shaved his head and he fell down on the ground and he worshipped. Did he bellyache and moan and, 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 and fight against the sovereign God that's on his throne? No, he did not. He worshipped. He said, thank you, Lord. While he wept. Tears of pain. Tears of grief. And he said, naked I came out of my mother's womb. Naked I will turn thither. And the Lord gave and the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all that, Jake, uh, Job didn't sin and he didn't charge God foolishly. God did that. God gave and God's the one that killed him. He said, I kill and I make alive. We weep for lost souls. We ought to. I have a little bit here and there and I ask the Lord to do it more for me. Oh, I wouldn't even say it's infrequent. Get mad at people, don't you? They won't listen. Mah. Call down fire and brimstone on the Lord. He said, you don't know what spirit's in you. That's why he told the sons of thunder, wasn't it? That's the wrong spirit, boys. You better be praying for them. That's the right spirit. Not to be mad at him, to pity him. Absalom tried his best to kill his daddy, David, didn't he? Over and over again. He was out to get him. David had a bunch of heathen children, about 10 of them. And they got word to David. And they said, Absalom's dead. And David wept. He cried out loud. He said, oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom. Would God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. He knew where Absalom was. Before God saved somebody, they think they're saved. They come out of the womb thinking they're saved, and they think mommy and daddy's saved, and they think their brothers and sisters are saved, and they think their children's saved, and their neighbors are saved, and even the people they kind of don't like too much, well, they're going to a better place. He takes the, 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 that death off of our eyes, gives us eyes to see, and we say, uh-oh, it ain't like we thought. Mommy and daddy hated God. Everybody I know in their life, they may go to church 17 days a week and they hate God. And I hated God too. Remember when you hated God and you was at war with him? Well, not me. <laughs> not until God saves you, shows you what you are and cripples you in your own sin. Then reveals Christ to you. You see him high and lifted up. We weep for joy, <laughs> the love he has before us, but we still have to go through trials. And we reap for those trials and we weep for those that don't yet know God. And if there's breath in their lungs, there's hope, so we command them to come and hear about a man. Well, they won't like me if I make them. So what? They ain't going to like an eternity of damnation neither, will they? I want to be that weeping prophet. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. He said, Lord, who's, has anybody believed our report? <laughs> our Lord came to this earth. And they said, who do men say that I am? And one of the things that Peter listed was Jeremiah. Why did they think he's Jeremiah? He was the weeping prophet. Our Lord cried. He did. He wept. He came near that city, Jerusalem, didn't he? And he beheld the city and he wept over it. He wept over it. Lazarus, he was in that tomb. And he went and he wept. Jesus wept. 
And he did it so much so all those Jews that were hired to come do the weeping, you, you can pay people to go mourn for you. Like, I ain't got time to mourn their death. Here, I'll give you 20 bucks. Go down there and cry for a couple of hours. Nobody sees this as preposterous. They're doing it daily. It's right happening right now. Those Jews there hired to weep for Lazarus came up and said, look at how he loved him. He wept tears of love. Mm. We weep for loved ones, don't we? Well, look here in verse 2, Genesis 50. Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. The physicians worked for Joseph. Remember, he's number two in the land. And he said, you boys work for me. You go down there and you embalm my dad. And the physicians embalmed Israel. They embalmed him. This was an Egyptian practice, embalming folks. And I, I, I got I to gotta tell somebody or nobody's going to know. Some people, they worry about being embalmed. I know, I know believers that don't want to be embalmed, and it's a way of the Egyptians and those things. Uh, there ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm here to tell you, embalming does not desecrate the body. It's fine. It's Israel. <laughs> We're sons of Jacob. Jacob was embalmed. It's okay. All right? I got to tell people that. Fire corrupts. That's where the enemies go. Uh, to be cremated, that dishonors the body. But to be embalmed, that does not honor the body. And if God teaches us something about embalming, we're going to see that it honors God. It honors Him. We're going to see that. What does embalming show us? Why did Jacob need to be embalmed? they got a long trip to make to get him in the ground, don't they? It shows that the body starts stinking. And it's going to start swelling up in that heat. What if they hit a big rock? I don't know that many, I saw a deer on this side of the hill the other day. And I said, well, I might see a deer on the side of the road. I just got through studying this. <laughs> they swell up, don't they? You jolt it too much, it's going to unswell. It's going to pop like a balloon, isn't it? Can't make that journey. It had to be embalmed. Well, what does that show us? The corruption that death is. The corruption that sin is. That's what we are. Spiritually dead people cannot talk. They cannot walk. They cannot hear. And it stinks. It just stinks. They think they're talking fine. They think they're hearing everything. They think they're alive, and they're not. It stinks. They smell bad. There's no emotion there. There's no tears. You ever seen a dread person cry? I, I can pipe to you, and they won't dance. I can lament to you, and they won't mourn. That's what Christ said, wasn't it? There's nothing. Might as well be talking to a wall. They're cold. They get room temperature, don't you? You ever touch a dead body? Go up and hold somebody's hand? It's the same temperature as the air around you. It feels like ice, don't it? Spiritually dead people are cold. Spiritually dead people are vacant. There's no life in their eyes. There, there's, there's no calling out for mercy. There's no weeping over sin. There's none of that. Life must be given. The Lord must give life or these old bodies start stinking real quick. Don't they? From birth we begin dying. And if he gives life, if we're a brand, brand new babe in Christ, everything's new. Think old John Newton might have saw some things as new. He's like, look what I was doing. They might, they might be my brothers in that ship. Turn them loose. <laughs> Let me preach to them. Get a preacher down here. 
everything's new. We see, we see, we have those eyes that are blood covered, right? And we start seeing Christ in everything. We see the Lord's hand in everything, and He deals with us. And we're babes, though. And and do you take a baby and set it out by itself in a parking lot for two weeks? No, it die. They need companionship, don't they? That new life that's in believers must have the companionship of other believers. It's got to. Or there's no life in them and they just got a lot of good dead air coming out their mouth. It's one or the other. This flesh is so corrupt we have to get it in the ground fast. That's what the children of Ishmael uh, still to this day, if somebody dies, you got 24 hours to get them in the ground. <laughs> All the Muslims, they got to bury it right then. Start stinking. Start stinking. That's what we are, isn't it? The Lord said to those there at Lazarus, said, take away the stone. Take that thing that's a movable object, move it. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. By this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Just four days. Rigor mortis sets in. It's a stiffening of the body after death. We, we literally, dead people are literally hard. Hard, that's a type of here, isn't it? Those grounds, I'm throwing a seed, it's just bouncing off of four hands. They're dead, they don't know no different. Hard. What's the Lord tell us in his word? Harden not your hearts. Harden not your hearts. Dead folks have, have hard, unemotional, cold, stoic, lifeless hearts with no passion in them. And this embalming was to pervert, preserve Jacob's body until they get it to the plot where he's going to be gathered with his people, where he's going to lay where there's other people. Now, he's already been gathered to his people right then, wasn't he? Yes. But do you see what a good picture this is? This embalming, what a beautiful picture this is. I've heard people tell it different ways. The P in tulip, it's uh, perseverance of the saints or preservation of the saints. Which is it? Yes, it's both. <laughs> the preservation of the saints. The Lord provided a means in a heathen land for Israel to be preserved until his body was gathered with his people. Isn't that kind? Because on his own, he's incapable and he will rot. And so God provided a means to keep us and preserve us until we're with him. Isn't that nice? That's a good thing, isn't it? I had qualms about being embalmed. I talked to Kimberly about it years ago. I just don't like the idea. Of, I ain't going to be there. <laughs> I'll be a floor. That gave me so much comfort and, and, and just sweet to me. Look at verse 2 again. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father, and the physicians embalmed Israel. And 40 days were fulfilled for him. So are fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him three score and ten days. If you're mourning for someone, if a loved one you have dies and you mourn them, what do you talk about? Do you talk about the Padres? Uh, do you talk about where you want to eat lunch at? We're going to Jersey Mike's today. Y'all going there? You don't talk about that. You talk about that person, don't you? You talk about that person. Uh, they talked about Jacob. What did they talk about Jacob? The things he said while he was there with them in Egypt. The things, the stories that he told. You remember that time Jacob told us that? You remember that story he told about him and his brother? He had to wear that that hair that looks like him. He told us those things, didn't he? They they talked about the God that lived in Jacob. They did. How he was a merciful man and a wise man and a patient man. He had good common sense. 
and wasn't flustered over every little thing, including death. He just picked his feet up and died. He's fine. He said, Lo, I got to go. <laughs> Lo, I die. They talked about him, didn't they? My, I, ought to, I was going to be real careful. I have Wayne wrote down in my notes. I was going to be careful because I thought maybe my brother will hear this. I hope he does. God may convict him. When my dad died, we were at the funeral, one of the several services that they had for him. And my brother wept, and he said, I want to know the God that daddy knew. The way that man walked through this earth, I want to know the God that daddy knew. And you know what? I told him. I said, what's well, down there <laughs> three miles down the road at the church house. Henry preaches him every week and twice on Sunday. 26 years have passed, and he doesn't yet know that God. But there's lung, there's air in his lungs, and I pray he does. I pray he does. Importance of a funeral. This needs told, too. I didn't know it. I uh, had a conversation with somebody one day, and I, what I think is common knowledge, and ain't, people ain't lived my life, so i got to tell it. I ain't going to hurt nothing. The Lord recorded it in his scriptures. That's good enough for us, isn't it? Uh, Jacob died, and they have a big, big funeral for him. Some people say, I don't want to have a funeral because I don't want a big fuss made. Oh, hooey. What an opportunity it is one more time for this body of death to honor God. If I walk through this community as a light of Christ in me and, and I see things through, through looking at him and, and I have grace on my lips, if he enables me, it's his doing. And, and I thought of Kimberly working out at the schoolhouse. What, what if whenever the Lord takes her home, she may be a superintendent by then. A whole district of teachers comes down to the funeral. They're all going to hear the gospel preached. Just to be worldly respectful to a corpse to someone that was their friend, God may save somebody. I personally don't know anybody that's saved at a funeral, but we ain't going to quit trying, are we? <laughs> they know the message to preach. Same message yesterday, today, and forever, isn't it? God may save somebody. I'd never see it. Maybe whenever I die, the Lord will save somebody at my funeral. Wouldn't that be good? Maybe there'd be so many people, you can't fit them all in a building, so you have to have multiple services. And then there'd be a grade-sized service. That'd be a good thing. Henry died. They honored him in 15 pulpits in this country, didn't they? Talked about him. How God made him faithful. Not a man that was just so good and so kind on TV. A faithful man that was a sinner just like me. God made him faithful. They honored God in it. A funeral's a good thing. A funeral's a good thing. Here's a picture of our Lord. Joseph as Christ. That's what we've been looking at, isn't it? Genesis 50, throughout all these chapters, Joseph has a picture of Christ. Genesis 50, verse 4. And when the days of his mourning were past, so it's been 70 days now he's been dead, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear. That's a covenant. Saying, Lo, I die. In my grave, which I have digged for me in the land of Canaan, there shalt thou bury me. Now, therefore, let me go up, I pray thee, and bury my father, and I will come again. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury thy father, according as he made thee swear. That's, I find that so uh, unique, too. If people have a last will and testament, they have dying wishes. Even if you don't like them, you honor it, don't you? That's just, that's just for now. Now, now times are changing. But throughout history, it's customary 
to, to honor that. And my, my mother and father, they, they told me what to do, and, and that's what I did. My wife has given me instructions, my bride has, and if I'm alive and she dies first, I will honor that. I will do as I have swore. But there's another reminder that Jacob was preparing for his death, for his end, and that's a good thing, isn't it? The scriptures say, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. I wish all men would consider their latter end instead of this just another day to go to the beach or I got to get ready to pack my lunch for tomorrow. You may not have a tomorrow. It's a good thing to understand, not just know, to have knowledge and understanding. We have an end, doesn't it? That's what Ecclesiastes 7 says, better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. For this is the end of all men, and the living lay it to heart. Those God made alive, they pay attention and they learn something. He's made them teachable. We have an end. And Jacob told his sons, he said, Lo, I die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die someday too. And I want my children prepared. And I talk to them about it often. <laughs> Lord may take me home today. I want you to know some things. We ain't got time to dilly-dally around with foolishness. This is a serious thing. Jacob prepared his grave. Joseph of Arimathea dug his own grave too, didn't he? But here's the gospel in this. The obedient son, Joseph, on a covenant that was made, he came to bury his dead and to honor them. Because of a covenant that was made, Christ comes and takes his people and he buries us just as, as the Lord buried Moses and, he, and all the Old Testament prophets and everybody else was buried and he honors us. What a thought. What a thought. And he will come again. He said, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to come again. I'll come back again. And just like Joseph took Jacob's body out of Egypt, Christ is going to take his body to Canaan. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go to a place and the Lord's people is going to go to a place that's prepared for me, a place of reconciliation. I'm going to have a new body. I'm going to be like him. I don't know what none of that's going to be like, but I'll tell you when I get there. <laughs> we we'll look at each other. You tell me what I look like, I'll tell you what you look like. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. Here's the funeral procession. Verse 7. Genesis 50, verse 7. And Joseph went up to bury his father. And with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt. That's a whole lot of important people, isn't it? The, the whole high command of Egypt, like all of parliament or whatever they had, everybody left. Everybody. Uh, this ain't a holiday. The government ain't shut down. The government's gone. <laughs> they went with him. And all the house of Joseph and his brethren and his father's house, only their little ones in the flocks and their herds, they left in the land of Goshen. This is a huge funeral, a huge funeral. Oh, and I thought, I wonder how many people in Egypt, because they mourned Jacob so much, I wonder how many people came to know the Lord through Jacob. I wonder how many people came to know the Lord through Joseph. They weren't selfish people. They, they, they told what the Lord did, because they're God's people, right? They didn't just keep their mouth shut and hide in a cave somewhere and not talk to nobody and close their blinds every day. They were in that community and they lived in that community. And, and, and this wasn't, this, all this happened, Jacob says in verse 20, uh, but as for you thought evil against me, but God meant it to good to bring it to pass. And this, this is that day, and he said, to save much people alive. 
that wasn't just those physical 12 tribes, was it? That's some Gentiles too. That's some Egyptians. Lord had people there and saved some folks there. This is why you and I are living in this land of Egypt in the suburb of Hamul. You get that? Why are we here? Just to feel warm fuzzy twice a week coming here? No, it's, it's to be witnesses of Christ and what he did. It's to be lights in this community, to bear witness of our Lord. That's why we're here. That's why Jacob was there. That's why Joseph was there, to honor God. That's why I had a big funeral procession. Even if the Lord don't save some folks, at least we'll live peaceably with all men, as, as we're instructed to do, right? That's what we're told. That's what the Word says. The Lord said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's Egyptians, Europeans, black, white, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, bond, free, young, old. It don't matter. Go tell them what he did. Go tell them. That's why we're here. Jacob and Joseph, they were good examples. They were good testimonies. And it's evident by this funeral. It's evident. Verse 9 says, And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen. And it was a very great company. Who was all this for? Let's not forget that. This was for Jacob, supplanter, deceiver. <laughs> Remember when he had nothing and he used a, a, a stone for a pillow? That same one. The, the, the Lord took him and gave him the, the, the burial of a king. That same one that had nothing to honor his child. A great cloud of witnesses the king's servants and the soldiers and all that. What's that show us? You have no idea the funeral procession that awaits you in glory. The angels await our coming. Did you know that? Chariots of fire are going to come down, a bunch of them, and take us home. A heavenly host is coming. Lord puts importance on this, doesn't he? He does. Only because God is pleased to take Jacob and make him an Israel and then give him the burial of a king. That's who all this was for. Verse 10 says, And they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond Jordan. And there they mourned a great and very sore lamentation. And he made a mourning of his father seven days. I looked this up and looked this up and looked this up and ain't nobody got a clue what that means. And I know some faithful men alive preaching right now. They don't know what it means. And they'll tell you, I don't know. I didn't see nothing in that, but the Lord made importance of it. And I thought, it just jumped out. I said, Lord, show me what that is. And he, I think he gave me some light on it. A threshing floor. What's that? That's some big old circles they'd make, and they'd put that grain out there, and they'd kind of toss it up in there and beat it. And as it went up in there, the wind blew where it listed, and it took all the chaff away, and the seed landed, right? They stopped there for a while, and it's, threshing floor and it was the threshing floor of atad you know what atad means a thorn oh this was lovely god just let us get this part i think i think it'll be worth the whole time the threshing floor it removed all the thorns they stopped there where the the, the wind moved where it listed and all the thorns were removed we have some thorns do you have any thorns God's people have thorns. 
Paul did. He said he had he, he had all this revelation and he just understood everything. And, and, and God revealed so much to him and showed him, showed him a third heaven and, and 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 gave him his power to raise dead people and I'm just all these things. And he said, "Lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that I've had, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, that accuser of the brethren that line." lest I should be exalted above matter. And for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice. In, in, in perfection, I've asked him, Lord, take this way, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength's made perfect in weakness. As we go through that threshing floor of death, all these thorns, all these accusers, all this pain, all these things that hinder us, and, and his grace is made sufficient in us. You see that? His strength's made perfect in weakness. Well, if that's weakness in this body, how weak's death? His strength's made real perfect in that, isn't it? He conquered death. That's a blessing thing, isn't it? Blessing. For me to die is gain, because my Lord was pierced, and because he wore a, th a crown of what? Thorns. My little thorn ain't nothing. He wore a crown of thorns for us will be purged from everything. Verse 11 says, And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the morning in the floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous morning to the Egyptians. Wherefore, the name of it is called Abimelech's Riza, which is beyond Jordan. There was a grievous morning there. There's a grievous morning over sin. And that's what we started with, the weeping over sin, knowing what is in us too. And knowing what the Lord did, there's a grievous morning of weeping over out of joy. But this reminded me, too, of, of church services. I've told one time, uh, it seemed like a funeral parlor. Well, <laughs> you going to a funeral? I'm going to a reading of a wheel, I can tell you that. Uh, somebody died for somebody that wasn't worth dying for. And we're here to honor him. Uh, not saying that the Lord's people ain't content, and we're not jovial. We ought to be the most jovial people on the face of the earth. Just grinning ear to ear uh, and happy with everything is what we ought to be. And we are most of the time. But this ain't a party. When we come to worship God, this ain't a restaurant. Uh, this ain't a, a, a clothes handing out place. This ain't the Salvation Army. This ain't UNICEF. Uh, and, and this ain't a, a carnival either. We're here to worship God. This is serious business. It's so it, great morning ought to take place here because God showed us what we are. This is, this is a tremendous thing, isn't it? There was a grievous morning there. Verse 12, And the sons did according unto him according as he commanded. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah, which Abraham had bought with the field for a possession of a burying place of Ephron the Hittite before Mamre. That's repeated over and over and over again. That's important. If God said it once, it's important. If he's repeated it four times, it's real important. Where was Jacob at, on, a, on a command? Where was he put? In Mamre. In Machpelah. He had life and victory. Remember that? That's what Mamre means. What was Machpelah? Double. Double. He'd received double for all his sins. Washed in the blood, made, made clean by the water from his pierced side. That's precious, isn't it? Verse 14, And Joseph returned to Egypt, just as he said he would. He and his brethren and all that went with him up to bury his father after he had buried his father. 
when we bury a dear brother or sister, we're going to go to that grave and we're going to put a body in the ground. And we'll mourn and we'll reflect and there'll be the preaching of the gospel and it'll be a joyous time and a sad time and a whole bunch of different times at one time, isn't it? We'll go through all those emotions. But we have to come back to this Egypt. We've got to get back to work. God gave us something to do. We, we don't just mourn and lament and curl up and wait to die. We have to go back to Egypt until it's our turn to die. And if we die with Christ on that cross, this is a happy time, isn't it? We're reminded of our end. And when we lose a brother or sister and the Lord takes them home, I always think, they got to go first. <laughs> I'm right behind them. It ain't going to be long. It's going to be good, isn't it? I hope that was a blessing to you, a comfort. We can remember these things, not just remember them until we hit that door back there. We can commit these. Lord will commit this to our hearts. And, and as our brothers and sisters, the Lord graciously takes them home. What a good thing that is. We'll remember that's a good thing. And we'll rejoice in it. And we'll remember we ain't got, as, as Papa said, it ain't going to be as long as it has been. And a blink of an eye, I was doing math yesterday. And I told Karen, I said, well, in this much time, I'll be 50. I'm saying, I thought when I hit 30, I said, well, people quit picking on me, and I'll have, I have something to say. People start listening when I hit 30. I really thought that in my 20s. That didn't happen. And I thought, surely, when I hit 40, people's going to have, I have something to say. The Lord's taught me some things. I think people's going li to start listening to me. That didn't happen. And I, I was talking to her last night. I said, I, th I really think here in just a short couple years, I'm going to be 50, and I think people's going to listen to me and quit, quit despising my youth and you know what experience has taught me? Probably not. <laughs> Somebody said, wait till you're 70. I don't know. But uh, I hope we remember those things that this life's a vapor. And, and what a privilege it is to live in this world for Christ and to die and have that gain. Both good because he did it. And I hope we can have that attitude as we go through all, the, all those trials. But anyway, Lord be with you. Brother Mike.